Welcome to Canny Cross Conversations with me, Michelle. And me, Louise, talking all things dogs, running and canny sports. This episode is sponsored by the Get Stronger Run a Faster 5K course. It's great for canny crossers and runners to improve their 5K time and keep up with their dogs. Today's episode is a really inspirational one if you're a lady approaching kind of middle age and wondering how you can get better at canny cross. Today we chatted to Kushla and she is the she's the current British champion um, in the V50 category. Um, and she she has been racing for about 20 years. So she 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 talk, just talks to us really about the canny cross scene and about her own running and her own training. And it was such a nice episode, wasn't it? Yeah, no, but as we were just talking before we started recording again, it's like there's so much, there's yeah. so much in that episode um, and a lot of good information. So, um, yeah, it was it was it was really interesting. And I yes, we had it's quite a long one, actually, this one. It is. Uh, we, we covered racing. We covered um, the Canny Cross Trail Runners Group. Um, we covered we talked a lot about Goodwolf, didn't we? We yeah. talked about um, Galen Meyer therapy. Gosh, yeah, we, we covered an awful lot. I'm running in your menopause. Yes. <laughs> but don't turn off, guys, because actually there's lots of interesting stuff there for you too. <laughs> so enjoy this episode. Welcome to this week's Canny Cross Conversations. And we're really excited this week to have Kushla Lemen with us, the founder of Canny Cross Trail Runners Facebook group, the British National Champion Veteran 50, and on the steering committee for the International Canny Cross Federation. And I know there's lots more, but we stop then. <laughs> so welcome, Kushla. Do please introduce yourself to everyone. Oh, thank you so much for inviting me along. It's been an absolute pleasure. And I've been trying to get a date in the diary for quite a while. So thank you very much indeed. Um, yeah, so I'm founding member of the Candy Cross Trail Runners, which uh, Facebook group, which I think is probably the largest online harness sport um, community that actually is currently in the world. So that's fantastic. So we've got a map on there which shows everybody where all of the clubs are and everything around the world, which is just very exciting. So we get emails from America, Canada, Australia saying, you know, we've got a club. Can you put us on the map? So we um, we just really wanted to build um, the Candy Cross community and spread the world word really about what a fantastic sport it is and how to get involved. Um, and, you know, also in my role as a girl and my therapist, I wanted to make sure that when we actually evolved the sport, that actually we looked at the real welfare of the dogs was at the heart of it. So mm-hmm. just having that online community was a great opportunity to do it. So, And we'll get into that a little bit more. But let's just go back to basics or back to the beginning, first of all, before we go into what you what you do now. Um, so have you always been a runner? Um, no, I haven't. I started, I was, uh, my sport when I was younger was rowing. And um, I was a rower when we first got married. In fact, I went rowing on the day of my wedding. Um, and <laughs> which you can imagine I probably would do. Um, and then uh, because of my husband's job, we moved out to Germany and uh, we didn't have any rivers nearby. Um, and I ate an awful lot of fantastic German food and realized <laughs> I needed to start getting fit. So I started running which was an absolute shock to my body and to everybody else around me. And um, then, yeah, so I started running then. I started, I do remember running my first 500 metres. 
And I think we all do, actually. I remember oh, mine. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And the pain on my husband's face as I used to drag him out for a mile long run and he'd be like, oh. Um, and then he was going to be sent away for a six month tour and I wanted to get a dog that I could actually take out with me. So um, I, we got our first ever dog, which was a husky. Um, and then I used to go running with her. And that was in the years before I knew about Canicross. But, you know, I, I was I've never always been a runner at all. And it was not something that came naturally at all when I first started. She says. <laughs> Being the national, the British national champion, and all that. So yeah. <laughs> so where did you find out about Canicross then? How did that start? Um, well, it's actually when we moved back. So all the time we were in Germany, I spent a lot of time still running with our dog then, but just literally on a on a lead and everything. And I didn't know anything about this. And then we moved back to UK, and I actually saw an article that was in um, Dogs Today magazine, and a lady called Nikki Hutchinson had put on the first with Matt Hammersley. Um, who put on the first ever Canicross run in the UK. And I was like, oh, this is what, this is my sport. I go running with a dog and I can go and race with this. This is amazing. So um, I dragged my husband up to the Forest of Dean where we took part in the race there. And so many of the faces that you see now that, you know, were in the sport, which went to those first races, have kind of stayed in the sport a little bit as well. And that was my first time. And I was absolutely hooked this was my dream so I could go and race with my dog and at that time um, a lot of the equipment was all borrowed from the sled dog world so we're all running in really heavy waist belts was nothing like we had now it was all the big heavy ones that you know all the mushers used to walk their huskies on mm-hmm. so we were using all of these the harnesses we were using with shoulder harnesses or the x-backs um so all the equipment we had was all borrowed very much from the sled dog world and there was no science really behind a lot of it. Um, so to see how much evolved really over the last, um, well, quite a, 20 years really. I was so going to say, how long ago was it? That was 2002 we started. Oh, wow. wow. So to stand back and think about how far it's evolved is huge um, and very exciting. I'm really surprised, though, in Germany, you didn't hear about it. No, well, we did. um, I think it was already evolving, but the real places it was developing was Belgium. Uh, So it was all founded in Belgium by Jean-Pierre Tolbert, who's still part of the Belgian Federation now. Um, And he tells a story about how it all evolved. And it was a a vet who started it as trying to get people to get fit with their dogs because he was so many obese dogs. Mm -hmm. So um, he tells a really long story, actually, about how it started in Belgium. Then it kind of spread to France. Um, So it's really took quite a while. And as I say, the first ever time really I saw of it was 2002 in UK. So we were always a little bit behind the development of it as opposed to Europe. But um, it's been wonderful to see how much it's grown and grown. It has, hasn't it? And especially the last, do you think it's grown quicker in the last sort of since the pandemic? And Yeah, I think it was growing quite steadily um, and more and more people hearing about it. And I think now with the achievements, people like Ben Robinson break, you know, being the world champion and things and breaking the park run, that's really good. And I think the rise of social media in some ways, although the trail runners Facebook group's been going for quite a while, just the more people are on, you know, social media, it's it's easier to get the message across and for people to see these amazing achievements that people are doing, then, you know, people can see that. But I think definitely the the Boone and dog ownership um, and people wanting to find things that they can actually do. Um, 
you know, one of the demographs on our group is definitely women of, um, you know, kind of like the, the 30s to 40s. Yeah. And I think we feel safer going out with a dog. Mm. And also, you know, a lot less self-conscious because we don't, if you went to a running club, you're asked to talk about yourself. You know, who are you? What do you do? What's your fitness games? You go to a canny cross group, everyone goes, oh my God, who's this? Is they're amazing. And you talk about your dog because, you know, <laughs> it's great. So the pressure comes off you. Um, and that's certainly something that I found when I was running because I got quite good as a kind of runner in when we were in Germany. But I remember doing my one of my last half marathons, which is in Hanover, and I hated every step of it. I was counting off the K markers all the way around, going, oh, are we there yet? Are we there yet? And although I was, I was quite fast, it was not, I'd lost my enjoyment. Yeah. And all of a sudden, going out and running with a dog, it was like the pressure wasn't on me. It was like, well, he wanted to stop for a wee, so we did. So all of a sudden, it was like, you know, I, you know, you didn't have those goals and those times and those, you know, and everything to chase because you had the dog with you. And, I find um, that I find that now that in the summer, so I'm doing a lot more solo running thanks to Michelle. You know, <laughs> she's training me. We've always had a training plan, haven't we? Yeah, but I find it. Well, especially those first few runs when you come out of kind of cross season and you're by yourself and it's like, really, I can actually run because I don't feel like I can now or it's so slow. It's, just... it's so different, though, isn't it? It's yeah. so different. And it's, you know, I think this is something that a lot of people ask as well. You know, it's like, do you have to change your running technique? And yeah, canny cross is completely different um, to, to going on your own. Yeah. And it's and as you said, it's the motivation, isn't it? It's so much. I mean, I've had a really busy weekend, and I'm tired, and I haven't gone out for a run today because I'm. But if I had to, if it was canicross season, I probably would have done. Yeah, it's that motivation. It's the best yeah. one. The dog sitting there going, and <laughs> so why aren't you taking me out? <laughs> yeah, that happened with us this morning. It's pouring down with rain here, but I thought it's a perfect opportunity to get out with the dog. So we went out. <laughs> yeah, it was good. Yeah. So Kusha, tell us about your dogs. How many have you got and what are they now? So you started off with a husky. Yeah, I did. So um I always like to say only. We've only got six. Um always leaves roof for expansion. <laughs> uh we've got our oldest now as a hus is our husky's 14 and a half, Sula. Wow. And uh he's always run with us and he's uh he still loves his walks. He still comes out with with the group, you know, twice a day for the 45 minute walks he loves it so Zul's is our oldest uh we've got Aladdin and Raki who are 11 and 9 they're Alaskan hounds they are long distance dogs and they were rehomes to us so Aladdin was um, originally from Germany and Raki was from um, Holland Simon drove over and um had a look at him of course he came back with him um of course. So we've got those two guys. And then we've got the three Graysters, which are like premiership footballers. I swear it. Um, so they've got we've got Axel and Chaos, who are brothers. And then we've got Mayhem, who's our youngest, at just two and a half. And I think I've met some of those as well. You have. Yeah. <laughs> the Mad Graysters. They're, they're phenomenal. I mean, it, it's a great group. You know, it's and I, yeah, I always say only six just in case. <laughs> Can I ask a question then? Was that so? You're in your fifties, obviously, because we, you know, we know you're the veteran champion of uh, fifty. Um, how do you find? Because there is a lot of load and stress that goes on anyway in running through your body, but the speed with your gracers. How do you? 
deal with that? And do you worry about injury? Yeah, I do. Um, it's it's very different. And, I, you know, the, the way I actually look at going out with the Graysters, it's a bit like getting Ferrari out of the garage. Mm. You know, it's that sort of thing. When we used to run with the Huskies, it never used to worry me. It was like, whatever the weather. Um, but, you know, now am I wearing the right tyres? So is the right shoes are on? What's the weather conditions? Is it slippy? <laughs> yeah. And all of those, kind, am I warmed up? All of those sorts of things. A Grace is not a dog that I could just go, right, I'm going to put my heart shoes on and go for a run. You've got to really, I for me personally, I need to plan it. I need to be warmed up. I need to make sure I've got the right shoes on. I need to know the route that I'm doing because the pull that, that comes from the Graysters is quite brutal. It is absolutely a force to be reckoned with. And it's different again to, to the um, Alaskan boys, which they tend to start off and they'll keep the nice, you know, the nice pull going and all the way through. Um, so it's a very different kind of running style that you have to adapt to with the Graysters you know it's getting the cadence up so it's getting your your leg speed your turnover really really good um and actually to be honest I find I do slightly less running now and probably it's much more I don't do the junk miles um I've been now you know good old Verity Halliday that's a lot of people know you know she's sort of like rebuilt me for some fairly serious injuries that I had from my Achilles and you know she's really taught me that it's quality over quantity and especially as you kind of get older, it's that whole conditioning behind it as well. Yeah, that's music to my ears, obviously. Yeah, yeah, so important. <laughs> so, so I mean, when you're about to take the graces out for training or a run, how, I mean, how would you warm up? What would you What would you do? Would you go so out you, for your own run first? Yeah, so usually I take out uh, one of the other guys or two of the other guys and free run them. So I'll have the Alaskans off lead and I'll go for a, a probably about a 2K jog, 2K warm up. Um, do some exercises as well so some high legs and you know some you know all of that so you know ministry of silly, silly walks you know so you do the extended out to the front and things um, so that actually by the time I put those guys on I'm really really warmed up and ready to go. It is because some people say to me why don't you get a faster dog because I'm running in your age category um, and but I'm but you <laughs> you're a better runner but you've also got a faster dog than I have a Labrador and and that sort of half of you thinks oh if I just got a faster dog but I don't know if I want to do that because I don't know if I could cope you know and I do a lot of strength <laughs> training <laughs> but I don't know if I could do that now at my age and I am uh, older than you mm-hmm. um so it's really interesting isn't it about how you have to strengthen your body but it's also the confidence and the mental side of it. Yeah, it is. And it's just, you know, it it's um it is that and it, it's just having that whole mentality. It's living with the guys as well. You know, it's like now it's summer and it's the warmer weather. Yeah, it is hard work living with them. You know, it's it's that's that sounds awful. I don't mean it like that, but you know, they've still got the same energy kind of level. Yeah. You, you can't go out, you know, the humidity is too high, the temperatures are too high. So we're walking them. I'm doing loads of brain games with them. I'm doing loads of groundwork with them. But, you know, still they're like looking every day going, and what's next? Um, So, you know, it's actually, you know, it's it's also living with them in the off season, not just the fun season as well. I find that, I don't know, well, you find that as well, Michelle, don't you? But I find that with Pickle and I can let her off. Michelle, you can't even let Poppy off, can you? So No, no. 
So it's, yeah, it's, we tend to do just a lot of little walks over summertime. Um, although, as I say, this morning it's been great because it's it's a lot cooler and it's been raining, so perfect for range. But she's not a speedster like your <laughs> your Graysters are. She she will she will happily jog along at my pace. Which is all good. Which is yeah. all good. So what? So so what else have you achieved? So you've been so have you been racing for twenty years or? Yeah, have really. Um, so we've done because we had the Huskies, we used to do a lot of longer distance events as well. So um I'm doing it the completely wrong way around. So we used to do ultras. Oh, wow. So we used to do 100 k races, which is 62 miles or something. And some of those that we've done with the Huskies as well, um, because that's what they were bred for. They absolutely loved it. We always did it with backup crews so that either we did it individually or with friends so that we could drop the dogs if, if we ever needed to. Um, so we've done a whole load of ultra events and things like that. So I've done it the other way around. So when you think of all the track athletes who then get older and go do marathons, I used to do those and now I'm trying to sprint. It's a really <laughs> silly idea. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so I'm waiting for the day where I'll go back to doing the ultras um so we used to do all sorts of different sort of things but we used to go out to the Trophy des Montagnes which is that mad TDM race which is in the French Alps which happens every summer um we did that for eight years I think we went out there with with the Huskies and they coped so well with the heat so much better than the Graysters who kind of look at the heat and then go well I don't know when to stop so I'm going to keel over whereas <laughs> Huskies have got a really good um, self-preservation button on them. And they go, oh, no, 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 I think I might be a bit warm. We're going to stop. <laughs> so they've got a really good sense of self-preservation. So doing races like the TDM with them was never an issue at all. Um, and just love that race. It's fantastic. If anybody's looking for a life challenge, it's the only T-shirt that we always joke about, but it's the only T-shirt you honestly, honestly earn 10 days of racing, French Alps, spending most of the time going up and then screaming very loudly coming down. <laughs> and it's when you realise that the word steady means nothing. It just means, why are you scared? Let's go faster. <laughs> Wait, is that the one that um, Natalie talked about? It is. We do have yeah. an episode about that with Natalie Chadwick. Yeah, it's, it's yeah, a really good one. Said... She, she pretty much described it in the same fashion as you have. Like, exactly. The, the scree slopes and... Oh, a bit hairy it really is and you like look at everybody longingly as they all let their dogs off lead to do the there's a free dog section that you're yeah. allowed to use and it says free dog section you get to the bottom and you look at everybody lovingly going longingly going oh they've let their dog off I mean obviously with huskies I, mean, I can probably see it in about three days time yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it just wasn't an option one of mine I talked back which was brilliant he used to go behind yeah. And run behind but even then I was terrified to be perfectly honest it's just I don't know why we did it every year I turn up and go yay and about third race I'll be like oh what am I doing here um <laughs> but it's just a phenomenal experience and the the camaraderie that you feel and it's the the feeling of the Canicross community is absolutely overwhelming when it finishes it's a bit like Christmas finishing as a child it's like oh it's over <laughs> <laughs> you feel bereft for a few days <laughs> I know it's on my radar and I quite like to do it Michelle I've got to get to uh, come out and do it with me I think we ought to do a podcast version out there <laughs> it, it does sound like an adventure doesn't it yeah but but you you talked about ultras was that did you race those over here or um uh in Europe yeah, uh, so, 
They weren't specific Canicross ultras, though, were they? No, they weren't. They're always dog ones that allowed dogs. Um, so the first one I ever did was a Beal, which is in Switzerland, which was actually flat. And that was the first one I did. That was dogless. And then came back here and did some others, which um, just quite a few, like, um, I don't know if the companies are still going, but might contain nuts, which do a lot in the Brecon Beacons, which were really dog friendly. And a lot of those are really welcoming with dogs and they're, mm-hmm. you know, they're fantastic. So, yeah, I did quite a few of those, like, you know, yeah, packed the old rucksack and off we went and up Penny Fan with Coda and stuff. It was fabulous fun. Because there now is a Canicross Ultra, isn't there? Johnny Fletcher does that, who we are trying to get on the podcast, if you're listening. <laughs> Johnny. <laughs> Uh, to talk about it but yes so um so that's quite interesting so did you find yourself in the early days doing a lot of races that just accepted dogs then oh absolutely um yeah so we were the first we were allowed to run at the brutal series and the human race series so the brutal um the guys that used to organize that my husband used to do the orienteering army orienteering and it was some of those people that he knew through that organized the race so it's like any chance we could turn up with some dogs and they were like don't see why not keep out of the way of everyone else you'll be fine and um so we did that and that grew and grew so that eventually you know it was like quite a few of us used to turn up to the brutal races which was great fun um they started to get a little bit mad it's like you know I didn't fancy the idea of waist deep iced water to be perfectly honest it was um so going your way through a swamp that was actually frozen was a little bit beyond the call of duty um but there was a human race series as well which we were did which were fantastic as well these be Iceman, Mudman and one of the others as well which were great fun which again used to be on all the military training areas around Aldershot and stuff uh and the amount of competitors that we had there just grew and grew you're suffering away there. <laughs> Sorry, I was just sneezing, sneezing quietly there. <laughs> oh dear. So what kit do you use then when you're racing? Does that differ from when you're just out training generally? Uh, what harnesses and things? Yeah. Yeah, so I've, um, def- um, I've started to use with the Graysters. They've got such deep chests that when we're actually out in Germany at another race, which is the Albacross, which is another you know eight day event. Um, we saw a kit supply out there, which was Sledwork, and which is a German company, which Canicross UK now um, retail through. And um, I needed something with a really deep chest, so I started to watch race photos of the Graysters, and all the harnesses were sliding off their deep chests. So it was going underneath their armpits, and one of my boys cut badly cut his armpit on the harness. And I was like, oh for goodness sake. Because it was something that I should have realised, but because the dog's always in front, until you've got a race photo and actually look at them coming head on towards the camera, you just don't notice. So we use sled work um, harnesses, which are just fabulous. Um, And for they've got the neoprene for the deep chest, which is fabulous as well. And so I've started to use their kit as well. So um, I've moved over to their waist belt and to the bungee lines as well. Okay. But really, you know, it's, it's working out what works for your dog. It's, you know, and, you know, if you do get a chance of people to take photos of them head on as well, it gives you so much information about how they're running in that harness. You need to race, Michelle, and then you'd get the photos. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that's a really good tip. Yeah. <laughs> that is a really good tip. So tell us a little bit about, because you don't just race, which, you know, but you, you've sort of immersed yourself in the Canicross world now, haven't you? You are. 
<laughs> Mrs. Cross. I know. Well, I'm, I'm, I think when you get passionate about sport and, you know, I'm passionate about dogs and, you know, I got a, a chance to get involved in the sport. And so I'm actually on the International Cross Federation Steering Committee as well, which um, is great fun. It's kind of hard work with, you know, things that we've got to do in the background. So the international ICF, which is what it abbreviates to, they put on the World Championships every year, which is held in the last weekend of October. Um, so well, last two weeks of October. This year, it's going to be in a place called Lipa, which is in Germany, which mm-hmm. is about an hour south of Berlin. So we've got the big championships coming on. Each company, uh, each country puts a bid in uh to for it to hold the event so as we say this year it's going to be in germany next year it's going to be in italy in my alp area which is going to be fantastic um and then the following following year we've got both netherlands and greece putting bids in together so they'll be putting presentations up ready so people can bid on which venue they think is going to be the best and Um, have we ever had it over here we have. We had it over here um, in, it was near Cheltenham, I think. Uh, and we had it up in Scotland as well. So when I was part of the British um, uh, BSSF, the British Sled Dog Sports Federation, we actually hosted it up at Bowland Trails in Scotland. And we gave them proper British weather. <laughs> we worked hard on the weather um, and we delivered. <laughs> It, it was a little bit we could have put the Benny Hill music to one of the downhill mudslides no. um, but everyone that came thoroughly thoroughly enjoyed it it was a, it was a fantastic weekend of racing and still now everyone talks about it you know you go to the meetings and stuff I remember Scotland when are you doing it again so um, they'd all love to come back to the UK so it would be great to be able to host the event again so how time. do you how do you become part of or, or get into the world championships? What what's the process? So to qualify to race for your country, you need to go through your governing body, which for us is the BSSF. So you would need to race at the national championships and gain a ranking. Right. And, and once you've got a ranking, you can then actually um, you're then invited to apply to be part of the team of the British team. Um, luckily with the ICF because it's purely um, monosport so it's purely one person one dog so the three disciplines of canicross scooter and bike then um, we can actually accommodate a larger number of entries per country so you've got also the other federations which is the International Federation of Sled Dog Sports IFSS and because they've got um, so many disciplines they do everything from eight dog four dog two dog everything then they've got a much more they've got much more limited amount of entries so ICF we try and accommodate as many entries as countries would like to so I think this year at the moment we've got just over 900 entries in the weekend in October so it's going to be phenomenal it's going to be a great great event and what are the what are the age do they do age ranges and I I know I keep banging on about this but (laughs) I mean, you know, in the veterans that sort of the series that we run over here, there's not an upper limit, is there? So like yeah. Cross Midlands, that she, you know, we're both in the veterans and that that carries on, doesn't it? There's not a cutoff. It's 50 yeah. plus, isn't it? Yeah. So do, do they sort of narrow it down in the in the they do, and it's something I'm really keen on because that's what I love the ICF for, is that we do 18 to 39, which I think might 
I'd like to look at that because I think yeah. it's a very broad age spectrum to do. And then 39 to 49, 49, 59, 59, 69, and they're all the way up. So basically we just keep going. And it's we get it's so amazing. We get so many age categories and so many people entering it because we offer the age categories. And it's not a sport that you know should be limited by age. No. <laughs> you know, if you can do it and you've got, you know, you're enjoying it and your dogs are enjoying it, get out there and do it. I think that's true, but I also think, and I I think that's great that they're doing it because, you know, we are, we do lose fitness a little bit as we age, but but you also want the motivation. And if you're always sort of just, which is, this is me, this is my gripe, you know, that I'm just always like fourth or something like that, you know, but, but I look at the people in front of me, they're probably eight years younger than me. Yeah. And, you know, the, the difference in, you know, what I'm going through to what they're going through is is huge at the moment. And I, I don't know whether it's, I suppose that's the same with the younger categories as well at the moment, as you say, the 18 to 39. Yeah, I think that's, I mean, to me, it just seems too broad a category. And I think yeah. changes physiologically from a, a 19-year-old to um, a 29-year-old and, you know, to a 30-year-old is, is quite huge. Mm. So, you know, but that's something that hopefully we can maybe have a look at, but in the future sometime. But definitely as we go over, I mean, I'm still com- campaigning for the female postmenopausal category and I will carry on doing so. <laughs> yeah, it's really good to hear. Yeah. <laughs> Very good to hear. Just such a change to your life, mm. isn't it? But if we're doing our strength training, we are all right. Exactly, exactly. But, you know, you can't, I mean, I look at the times I did and I can't, I won't ever, ever achieve those ever again. I can't, you know, as much as my body would like, well, my head would like to, my body's going, you're all right, thanks. (laughs) But you say that, but it is interesting. And I've not come from where you've come from. You know, my running has been, I did triathlons and things like that. But, you know, my running has been very different. But I, I, Michelle and I both did a really sort of strength program last year. And, and Michelle, so Michelle's perimenopausal, I'm post. But so we're in slightly different places, but still needing to do the same thing. But I PB'd all summer, or, or not all summer, all season. So, you know, that that's what motivated me. But that's also what annoyed me that I couldn't get on the podium. So. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I think it is, yeah, I think that's the thing. You know, if we can have more age categories, as you said, it's much more motivational for people yeah. to kind of turn up and go, well, you know, what's the point of me turning up to a, you know, an over and under 40s age category? Yeah. yeah. It's like, you know, it's like, oh, God, really? <laughs> yeah. So if anyone's listening to this, it's doing the, the series, the Canning Cross series in our, uh, in our, in the UK, then sort it out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that would there be great. <laughs> Using my platform. <laughs> brilliant yeah so tell us a little bit about um the Facebook group then let's let's talk about let's talk about that and you know how many people are on there it's a big you're group gonna ask me that. I can't remember we're in oh gosh um yeah I'm gonna look <laughs> gonna have a quick look for me um but yeah we started that just to try and spread the word about Canning Cross and just to get people the other motivation behind it was to try and get people set up groups in their regions as well just to make sure oh go on 25.6k that's amazing yeah Yeah. there's loads of us out there it really was but it was to try and motivate people to sort of form groups 
so that everyone used to come on and say, well, you know, I live in, you know, Cornwall. There's no one yeah. down here doing that. So to say, well, look, these people are also in Cornwall. Why don't you get together? And it was that idea of just trying to put like-minded people together for to that motivation of kind of like, so you can meet up on a weekends and start that. And the first group that, you know, we really got together was one in Forest of Dean. And though it's not on our doorstep, it's about an hour and a half drive, an hour and a quarter drive. We used to go up there every weekend so that we could actually meet up and get a group going there so that we could actually run as a group, which was just fabulous motivation as well. Um, And that was a real one of the motivations behind it. But also just, you know, dog welfare was always a big part of it, you know, trying to just get good practice across to people. So, you know, make sure you take water with you. Don't overrun your dogs. Make sure your dogs are old enough. You know, don't take young dogs when our first birthday for a 5K run. <laughs> and, you know, really think about it from a sort of, you know, human perspective as well. Would you do that to your grandmother? No, you wouldn't. And, you know, just yeah, yeah. trying to build that, just just think about it a little bit, you know. And as though your dog might look really enthusiastic, they probably won't be able to walk three days afterwards. So, you know, and just trying to build awareness. And I think that's true, isn't it? I think that's 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 really true. And it's grown phenomenally. So, um, yeah, well done. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's fantastic. It, it's the place to go and ask questions. If you're not sure of anything, there'll be somebody who knows the answer on that group, won't there? It is. And I love the way that it's sort of, you know, people a lot, you know, it's all sort of like that peer chat as well. And people yeah. come on and just go, oh, you know, lots of people ask dogs about, you know, ultras. And, you know, if I'm taking my dog for a long run, what do people feed and and all of this? And because people have done it, you know, there's a lot of people on there for a lot of experience. You know, it's great because they get all of that from from those, you know, from those guys as well. And, you know, from my yeah. experiences has happened and stuff. But also asking about races, you know, like you had Natalie that went out to TDM and so many people have gone to lots of different races now that can give proper advice on those as well. What to expect? Yeah, well, I yes. think it was it was the Canny Cross Trail Runners group where we chatted to Ellie and she'd just done that first Canny um, Ultra, hadn't she? So we'd, we'd seen a post about it on the group, actually, and got her on here to come and tell us all about it. Fantastic. Yeah, so we do. Uh, yeah, we do find people in there. For our, for our <laughs> Watch <cast>. out, guys! They're <laughs> lurking. <laughs> We're watching. <laughs> so, not only do you canny cross, but you do your, your sort of career or your job is in dogs. Yeah, it so is, tell, yeah. tell us a bit more about that. So, I um, it was actually again, it all came down to. To Canny Cross is that we were doing um, a, a, a fundraising for it was all part of Help for Heroes, which was a mad event that only Simon and I can get involved in, which was five marathons in five days for Help for Heroes, where you ran from somewhere in Devon, I don't know, up to Wiltshire. It was insane. And we wanted to do it with dogs. Well, parts of it with dogs. So we had a massive backup crew. And basically, we swapped dogs in every couple of miles. Um, and we did this five marathons in five days. Um, but I was like, right, I can I can train myself. I did um, a background a little bit. I'd done a bit of personal training, personal training qualifications. So I thought, I know what I'm doing with myself. I have no idea what I'm going to do. Dogs, they're all huskies. I was like, well, yeah, but I, I want to be able to condition them. I need to know what I'm doing. Um, and that's really when I met Julia Robinson, who uh, Robertson, who founded Garland Myotherapy. And I was like, this is this mad idea I've got. Can you help? And she was like, 
Oh, yes, absolutely. And started to tell her all about Canny Cross and how what we were doing with Canny Cross. And she was like, I'd love to get involved. and I'd love to help you with advise you with any way I can. And that's when my first introduction to, to Gala My Therapy. And I was like, this is amazing. So then I trained as a Gala My Therapist and um, yep. trained in that. So, yeah, and that was what started my career, really. So we do massage, rehab, biomechanics. So it's all hands on therapy. So a bit like you go to your sports uh, therapist, yeah. you know. Um, and so, yeah, now my everyday life is now involved still with dogs. It's great. <laughs> so you but but has that helped you sort of focus on the harnesses and the fit and and what the harness is doing to the dogs as well yeah we go so much it's I yes we go so much in depth of um musculature biomechanics um and you know how dogs move functional movements and we look at that so much and so much in depth as a therapist and I teach the diploma now so I'm busy you know I spend all my time you know looking at it and, and everything and so teaching people about movement and then you know fitting harnesses and putting harnesses on it's that sort of information is just you know yeah it makes me into a bit of a geek that's the only problem <laughs> I think um, we're all geeks really in the chemicals but yeah it, it really does and it's it's just that that understanding of that knowledge as well it's um sometimes I wish I didn't know some of it but you know yeah it's great yeah it's it's, fr- it's frustrating I think from like it must be more frustrating from your point of view when you see dogs who wear harnesses that aren't properly fitted and yeah and just restrictions and, and yeah. things like that and you're like going oh you could run so much better um and things but you know on the whole we've got you know some great people out there doing some great jobs so um but you know it's sometimes when you're racing abroad as well you look and think oh but you know it's we've got a great pool of knowledge as well so in the UK so it just good. seems to be getting so big doesn't it it's it's I don't know if it's because we we are immersing ourselves in it as well. But it's just it, there's there's a lot of stuff out there. Um, yeah. So talking of that and getting it out um, and about, Goodwoof, <laughs> <laughs> which I've got to get to Michelle too. She's got to come down south more. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, Michelle, Goodwoof is just such a great experience. It's yeah. just brilliant fun. It, it did look really good fun this year. Oh, it's, yeah. We we got an invitation to attend. Um, the first year it happened, of course, it didn't actually happen the first year because of the, the COVID. But we still managed to do some filming for them to go on the, the Facebook group. So we had great fun doing that. But, yeah, we've had the joy of being actually there in person for the last two years and, and um, hosting the, the Canicross race that goes there. It's a really, really short race. I mean, it's a <laughs> flat out sprint. I mean, it's about a K, I think, this year. But it was hot again, wasn't it? So hot. And do you know what? I, I'm really glad that we just do keep it really, really short because, you know, we don't have to worry about the welfare of the dogs that are taking part um, because we do race kind of like we, we put the races on during the day. So we've got about four races per day and we spread them out every hour or hour and a half so that um, we can spread the word to as many people as we can that are actually there. So we do the canny cross, the bike and the scooter. And then um, constantly going on there as well. We've always got to have a go as well. So people can bring their dogs along and try the equipment on and have a go with their own dogs and just try and motivate them and inspire them to come out and have fun. 
I was watching that a bit this year when I was uh, when I wasn't teaching, and it was just some great dogs. And I was like, I want to run with that dog. <laughs> Fabio's probably be you know turning up with like these pointers who are like, oh, you want me to run? Oh, I can do that. <laughs> okay. Oh, I can definitely do that. <laughs> And um, so just get getting the word out there, really, and just spreading the word about what a great, you know, social event it is as well. Canny Cross, you've got a local group, you know, to meet up on a Saturday morning or a Sunday morning to go out with a group of like minded people with your dogs, run somewhere you might not have thought about running before, getting someone else to show you a brand new route and then having tea and cake afterwards. It doesn't get much better, does it? No, that's my Sunday mornings in the winter. (laughs) perfect absolutely perfect no so it is it is um it was really good fun and I I nipped in with the canicross slot thank you for that even though I was teaching Pilates for dogs (laughs) oh I know it was was really great this year was insane this year was absolutely insane because on Friday the person who's doing the talk on dog massage um didn't actually turn up so they they phoned in ill unfortunately yeah. so um I ended up doing two talk two talks on Saturday and two on Sunday on uh dogs massage as well as well as the racing so um it was all a bit nuts it was it was, but the studio was lovely wasn't it oh the studio was fantastic fun absolutely brilliant fun luckily I had um uh yeah Raki my demo dog who luckily was like an all right then he does a lot of the teaching with me for the diploma so luckily he's used to just standing there going oh ready all right then (laughs) here we go again all right then um pickle fell asleep on the mat when I was teaching Pilates which is what she normally does so that was fine (laughs) (laughs) yeah it was a bit of a it was a bit of a rush on Saturday it was like that finished about quarter past 10 and a couple of people wanted to chat which was fabulous absolutely brilliant but I was actually racing at 10 34 so I actually felt like I was running from the studio stripping layers off trying to pin numbers on and um, my poor husband Simon was like there doing the jog one I've dropped Rocky back up at the van don't worry it's only 0.8 of a mile it's okay I've got him up and I've got your race dog back down <laughs> I felt like I had this like room <laughs> yeah it was it was brilliant I know are you going again next year yes yeah I'll be there. So yeah, yeah so do. Yeah, so it was. It's just such a fabulous event, and we're so well looked after by the Goodworth crew. I love um, it. <laughs> that it. Yeah, it really is. They do look after us, and it's it's fabulous fun, and it's it's just a great. It's not like any other dog um, show. The show's almost the wrong word, but any other dog event that you would go to, it's so so different to any of the you know paws in the park or you know dogs in the park or any of those kind of events it's just completely different but it's great to immerse yourself in for two days yeah my only problem was uh they had um what do they have the dis uh, what do they call it the dis- oh yeah hounds uh yeah hounds of, ben- Minis- hounds of ministry instead of sounds Minis- of ministry oh, which yeah. was great but they they happened to do it while I was teaching Pilates so oh, by no. the end of it, I was shouting while with with the mic on <laughs> <laughs> They oh, wanted me to, yeah, they wanted me to take Rocky over to do one of their link their segments at that. And the presenters were like for the filming, their ITV or whatever it was, had their little studio. And the presenters were shouting over the top of the music. I know, it was a nightmare. But anyway, it was it's really good. And if you're down there, um, it's in May. 
um, for a weekend. It's it's well worth it. It was it's really good fun, and the dogs can just do so much, which is the nice thing about it. So um, yeah. And if, so, if yeah, anyone if anyone listening out there wants a flavour of Good Wolf, we have got a couple of live episodes that Louise has recorded for us from the past two years. So just gives you a nice flavour of what's there. Yeah, it was uh, it was good fun. Yeah, I came around shoving my mic in everyone's yeah. face. Didn't I, so. <laughs> there is so much to do down there. There's so much of the have a goes as well, and there's so much different things that you just wouldn't dream of of having at some of the events. So it's good fun. Yeah, brilliant. So, what do you think the uh, future for canny crosses in the UK? As it has become more popular, we said that. But what about educating people? Because We see it, I see it all the time, and sometimes I can be bothered to say something, sometimes I can't. (laughs) Yeah, how do do we get the word out there to people that, you know, there are harnesses that are specifically built for running with your dog, and, you know, how do we encourage people to to learn about it, really? Just trying to spread the the good word. Um, One of the things I found, I think that's made it slightly more difficult in some ways, is parkrun stopping dogs running in harnesses. I think that's done a huge disservice to dog welfare if I'm honest um because there's so many people that keep reporting seeing dogs that are just on collars that are pulling shit you know and and I do think it's a real shame that you know Parkrun had come to that decision and personally would it have been better to ban dogs altogether possibly um and I don't want to upset people that go along with their dogs and wear a harness and can run them on a handheld lead that's brilliant I couldn't I think in the minority, that's the minority. The majority of people don't understand actually the damage that they can be causing to their dogs by having them pull on a collar. You know, there's all the glands are under there as well as just the the musculature as well. So really it's just asking people as well. You know, it's it's really difficult to kind of have the the confidence sometimes to go up to people and say, you know, by the way, have you heard of this sport canicross where actually you could put your dog into a harness? And, you know, stopping people out and about and having that confidence of just saying, why don't you have a look at this Facebook group? You know, send them to us at Trail Runners, you know, you know, get them to, you know, join other groups. I think at the moment it's just trying to get people just to talk to those others and, and just, you know, let them know. Yeah. And I think it's, uh, I was with you, Michelle, wasn't I? And I was chatting away to someone and you were like, I could Oh, that's right. Yeah, you were down at Christmas and we went for a run and there was a chap with, did he have one dog or two dogs? I can't remember. I can't remember. But yeah, you stopped and had a conversation with him, didn't you, about getting started? <laughs> I'm never I'm never brave enough to do that. I just, you know, if I'm out for a run, I'll just keep myself to myself. But I think it's easier, as you said, Kishla, if you are in harness and you're running, it's kind of easier to, to stop and talk to someone about it. It's like, yeah. So I usually, I usually ask someone, are you a runner? <laughs> you could do this. Um, but yeah. But sometimes I just get so frustrated with it and I just have to walk away because I'd probably be rude and that's obviously not the way to go. So, um, yeah. yeah. But, yeah, let's keep spreading the word out there, guys. Yeah. yeah. So what about you, Kushi? What's next for you um, this year? What have you got planned? So next for us is we're just waiting to hear on dates of events. So possibly going out to Germany twice, uh, September for something called the Alp Cross, which is I'm sure it's got so it's uh, Alp Queer Cross, but my German pronunciation is not brilliant. So that's another week long event in Germany, which is the last week of September, which is a great way of getting the guys kind of like 
set up for the the season really it's just that short races every day is fabulous fun and it's in Germany I mean what's not to love you know bread beer (laughs) Um, did I say that out loud anyway great training week um and then back out to Germany for the world championships at the end of October um and then um if not a couple of warm-up races in between and then start for the Nat Champs series after that so that's yeah that's kind of the season set out but I'm enjoying summer at the moment well when it comes some comes comes back out (laughs) yeah that's that's true and uh yeah I'm not sure what I'm going to do this year I think I'm going to do some of them I I did the whole season of the Canicross last year um but it does take quite a lot of time doesn't it so we just need to see what life brings us next year I think and we need my main objective next year she knows what I'm going to say I know what I know what you're going to say is to get Michelle racing. Come on, Michelle. You can do it. There's some fab, there's some fab, fab. Okay. Wait until next season's out because we do have a few options coming up, actually, don't we, that I am considering. So keep listening and next season, yeah. maybe. And end one. of August, we will have some commitment from Michelle. <laughs> we want to watch hear all about those. Yeah, watch this space. Brilliant. Excellent. Well, thank you so much, Keisha, for joining us. There's, there's been so much information. We could probably talk for ages, actually. Thank you for having me. I've thoroughly enjoyed it. Thank you so much. It's a pleasure. Where can people find you on social media? Obviously, the Candy Cross Trail Runners, um, which we'll put, because you need more members. <laughs> yeah, we'll put a link to the group in there. We'll put a link to the map as well. The map of, like, just locations is amazing that you've put together, you know, such a lot of work gone into that. Yeah, hats off to Simon for that one. I must admit, it's not yeah. Yet. Yeah, well done, Simon. <laughs> Thank you so much, and we hope you very much. enjoyed this episode. And hope that it encourages you out there, whatever age, <laughs> to to get out there and start racing. And we will see you on the next episode. We hope you've enjoyed today's episode. Don't forget to subscribe and share with your friends. And if you get a moment, please leave us a review. We'll see you next time on Canny Cross Conversations. Thank you to our sponsor, Get Stronger, Run Faster 5K. Find out more about the course at the link in the show notes. It's great for canny crossers and runners to improve their 5K time and keep up with the dogs. And it will really help you to enjoy running more and avoid injury.